I mean, that is absolute bullshit, bro. Like, come on. Hey, how about those Knicks? How about those Knicks? Hey, how about those Knicks? Hey, how about those Knicks, huh? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of TKW Weekly. This week, we have plenty in store for you. Four quarters of greatness. In the first quarter... We discuss whether it's time to dish or switch on the Randall trade talks. We In the second quarter, we did an R.J. Barrett panic meter. Some of you guys are panicking way too much. In the third quarter, as always, we discuss your TKW community tweets. If you're not in the TKW community, make sure you join before Twitter is over. And in the fourth quarter, we had a game for you. Face smash. So enjoy and let us know what you think. Julius Randall is Always a lightning rod for discussion amongst Knicks fans. Uh, you know, on Knicks Twitter especially, we're always talking in some way, shape, or form about how he's playing, what he looks like, the energy level, the effort, et cetera, et cetera, every night. Watch him under a microscope. Uh, that being said, he's actually playing pretty well this season in totality. If you look at his numbers just for the year, it's 21.3 points, 8.8 rebounds, 3.2 assists, shooting 46.5% from the field, almost 34% from deep. Now, Nothing amazing, but I mean, he's definitely improved, at least off of last season. So is it time, do we think, for Knicks fans to stop including Julius Randle in trades every morning that we wake up after a Knicks game? Are you swishing or dishing that Knicks fans need to stop with that? Personally, uh, I'm going to dish that. Um, So Knicks fans should, I think that they should go about it differently. Um, I think that if you do want Julius Randle traded, saying that you want him traded after everything he does, and downplaying all of his uh, successes and good moments doesn't help his trade value or the situation, nor does it help the team. But I do understand the fundamental reasons of why people want Julius traded. Um, it still remains that they want that opportunity for Obi. They may feel like we need to pivot and you know, not they feel like the front office is trying to consolidate or worry about who's got to get paid. If you can get off of Julius's money, that opens up money to pay other guys. It opens up, you know, offensive focus for the RJs of the world, the Cam Reddishes of the world, Obi. And so I, I still understand it. Um, but I just think that, you know, after a 34.11 rebound performance, you shouldn't be like, oh, we got to get rid of this guy immediately because that doesn't really help your case. I got to say, I was originally going to dish it, but I got to switch it, man. And, and this is exactly why, right? Because you hear it nonstop. It's like you said, every single day, you know, you wake up after the game and it's, you know, got to trade Randall, got to trade Randall, got to trade Randall. If... We're trying to change the narrative of this fan base from within, right? We get we get crapped on from outside of our own fan base enough. For our own fan base to be adding fuel to that fire does nothing for nobody. You don't need to hear it. You can focus on so many other things, so many other positives, and, and bring light to the things that matter, you know? And that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, look, I, I'm switching on it just because uh, I feel like it's a little bit tired. We've been doing it all last season. We did it every single day in the summer. I woke up and Julius Randle was a trending topic because of Knicks fans wanting to trade him in different ways. Still, this season, even when he's playing better for the most part, obviously, this isn't saying every possession of every game or even every game that he's playing high, 100% high, high level effort that everybody wants to see. But I feel like he gets viewed in, in a under a microscope that the other players don't right now, even though he's playing probably better than most players on this team, if we're being really objective about it. 
No, we're not trying to desperately move off of anything at, at a bad time or to sell low. I always hear that too with the, with the young players, sell low, sell low, sell low. And then I'm seeing a guy like Julius right now is playing pretty well. And then we're just trying to like dump him to get, get off of salary, get another couple of draft picks we don't even need. So if you're going to do it, just make it make sense. That's all that I'm saying. There's plenty of trades that you can move any player for that makes sense. Try to move in the direction of an upgrade. But these, these trades I see are usually a step back in some way, shape or form just for the sake of freeing up time or whatever it is when a player's playing pretty well. So my, I, I'm switching on it just because, I, just relax, man. If he's playing well, that's all that we really could ask for, right? But then the way Knicks fans talk about him is like, we can't wait to get off of him every morning, no matter what he does. That's the thing well, that they I don't like. forget. If he's, yeah, if he's, if he's thinking year, it, if he's thinking it up year. every day right now, every week right now, please go for it. Nobody's there's even last year, right? I used to be a big Julius defender. At some point during last year, I was like, all right, man, this stinks. I can't do it anymore. Even Sean, it was like by, after Christmas, I was like, I can't, this is it. I'm done. Like he's got to step it up. I got no excuses. And then if he's playing better, we just got to talk about it like he's playing better because that's just what's happening. We talk about what happens right. on the floor. So I'm swishing. Just take it easy, man. Relax. Don't do it. RJ Barrett has also been quite a lightning rod uh, topic for Knicks fans this season. Um, he got his extension in the offseason. A lot of people, including myself, including everybody on this call right now, and a lot of Knicks fans are very happy to see the Knicks actually invest in a young player and moving forward. Now, as Sean and I know all too well, uh, every time a player gets paid or gets handed something that isn't a veteran's minimum deal or a rookie scale contract, uh, they face immediate scrutiny, which to a degree I understand. Now, mind you, he's been ill verifiably since before this road trip started. Report like it was it was noted, it was brought up, and then he started to stink it up thereafter. I feel as a long time and staunch and probably will never get off the RJ bandwagon uh, person. Uh, it's something that brings me no joy when I have to constantly defend him versus expectations off this new dealer, you know, being a third overall pick and everything else. Um, but for me, I feel like there, it's not time to panic yet, right? I feel like he's been sick and I thought there was a good stretch before that. And I'm willing to not let it get out of control right now. This is, I, I'm still on a scale of one to 10 for the panic meter here. I, I'm at about a one or a two, okay? I would prefer he wasn't stinking it up like this. If you're gonna be playing 30 minutes a game, 35 minutes a game, 40 minutes last night, you got to play better. You have to do the little things, at least. Finishing, hitting your free throws, giving effort on defense, that's it. My panic meter still is probably right where you are, Kyle. I'm gonna say it's probably like a two to three. And the reason for that is because it's still only 15 games in. Um, my pain meter is at a nine, you know, ironically. <laughs> uh, I've really been going through it, man. So RJ, please get well and play well. Um, I, I just I want to just say I, I don't mean to cut you off, man, but I got to build on what you just said right there, because when we first came onto this broadcast, Sean was like this. You know what I'm saying? Sean is the happy guy, the positive guy, and he came on the broadcast like this. I'm you going through I'm it, saying? man. I'm, I'm scrolling the timeline and I'm seeing him being no traded good. into space from Russell Westbrook. And I'm just like, all right, bro. And now and, and th what bothers me the most is that people try to justify these stupid things. Like, that's my thing. If you want to get a stupid takeoff, go ahead and get your stupid takeoff. But don't sit here and justify it like you're the smartest guy in the room for trading RJ Barrett in a salary dump to get Russell West. Like, I, I just, I, the fact that you could even try to justify that and bring up stats and all kinds of stuff to support it is so asinine to me. If you, every, we watched the games every game for years. 
for years and now it's oh same thing every year he's rj barrett literally gets better every year he had a rough rookie year we, we, he was playing with phone booth spacing on a very poorly built roster in his second season he averaged 18 points a game and was the second best player on a team that got a home playoff series my panic meter is at a 0.5 bro like i'm not panicking you know moving forward i hope that he recovers and plays better i need him you see the board says be better and i put be better rj he needs to be better for sure. There's nothing wrong with saying that. But I, I, it's just annoying that people can't ever find a middle ground. Like, it's either, oh, you because know, we love him, or, oh, you suck, and we got to trade you, and you're a bust, and you shouldn't be here, and we shouldn't have given him this money, and, oh, man, we regret this. Off of a four-game sample, man, it's disgusting. It's disgusting, but people are just waiting for things to fit their narrative. So I'm very excited for when RJ is getting right, and he's back to being the best version of himself, and I'm spinning the block crazy. I'm not arguing with people though. But yeah, my panic meter is at a 0.5. This is not 2K. And I feel like we get very comparative, especially with young stars, because we get impatient. We see what other young stars around the league are doing. We, we know that we've been biased about a certain young player on our team. And then we want them to be discussed on the same levels that other young stars are discussed. And we want them to have that same respect. But to the point here of being better, like RJ also has to do his end of it, which is just do what we know he can, and then we could actually, you know, defend him the way that we need to. But uh, if he's going to play like the way he's been playing, there's nothing really that we can do. So this is my last pass for the season. After this, you had this, you had a brief little slow start. You had the sick excuse, and then that's it. Now you got to go play basketball. Now, now we got 50, 60 games left, and you got to play basketball. I, I you got to play well. Say, that's so the beauty that, of it. That, that's it. That's there's cool. a lot of time left. A lot of time left. Go prove it then. Go prove it. Just it's like you did the last couple of years, where you had it. You finish strong like he always finishes strong i expect it he's the second half player second half of the game second half of the season whatever he's got to make it a full season thing now but okay now you got it out of your system rj did you get it out of your system the, the sickness the bad play get it out leave it on the west coast trip and let's go fuck people up when you get back that's where i'm at and for me personally like one thing that's really bothering me that i, I need to see from rj rj is a very capable defender and i think you know at, 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 like so far this season we just kind of put up with him not being that level of defender that he is. Right. Um, and so I want to see him be that. Like I've seen RJ hold Jason Tatum under 30%. I've seen yes. RJ Thank hold you. Zach Levine at 30% multiple times. And I've seen what it looks like when RJ takes defensive matchups personally. And so I want to see RJ get back to taking every single defensive possession personally. Like he's got that clause in his contract for being all, all NBA defense. And like you, it's too late to get it this year, most likely. But like show that guy who you are, show why that clause is in your contract. Like, I mean, now we have Cam Reddish out there and between Cam Reddish and Quick, RJ is very rarely guarding the number one option anymore. And so like, you don't, like there are you no- You gotta excuses. eat now. Now you, you gotta, gotta eat. eat. Like you have to do that, bro. Like that, that's non-negotiable. Same thing I said, effort is non-negotiable. And so I need you to get that effort defensively. A couple of times last night, he's not boxing out. There's no excuse for that. Like play defense, box out, do the little things. I don't kill guys for their jumper being gone. Like last year when I was killing Julius, it wasn't because his three-point percentage went from 41 to 32. It was because he was playing like he didn't give a shit. Like shots right. don't go in sometimes. You're gonna go through shooting slumps. You're gonna, well, you're gonna be picking slumps. shitty. You spots. know what helps? Yeah, you know, you know what helps to get you back in a rhythm? Busting your ass on the other end of the floor. Like you can like quick, quick, quick has been shooting like shit for the majority of the season, to be honest. But he's been playing. But why excellent. is he successful? Because he's busting his ass. I've never, ever, ever in my life had to ask Emmanuel quickly for effort. In his three years here, I've never had to ask him for effort or energy. And I don't want to have to ask RJ either. So just be better. It's the same with Cam. The same with Cam. How has he blossomed this season? 
Effort. Defense. On defense. Effort. effort. D- that Just defense leads to offense. Same with Quickly. Quickly and Kim have probably been the two best defenders this season for us overall. They have. And, and RJ should. I, it bothers me that RJ has not put himself in that conversation because he's capable. Yes. So we should is. have all three of them being great defenders. Yeah, he, he, should never, he should never not be in the season. conversation. He, he, Defensively. It, it, it should always be RJ and the other one or two, like Mitchell Robinson, whoever else is going to step up and be the better. It should always be that group. And RJ should never not be in the group. And he's not in the group right now. Like, we, we were yelling jail last year. Yep. There's no 100%. jail. You know, he's putting himself in one at this point. You know, you got to be better. You got to be better straight up. Straight I'm glad up. you Especially said it. That's he, exactly what I was just going to say. He, he took that step up last year big steps and it was noticeable so now to come out this season a couple steps behind on defense you're not holding up your end of the bargain you gotta be better sorry america but baseball is by <laughs> far the most boring sport dude like, so boring even even the people playing spend half the game sitting around and standing around like they they have a seventh inning stretch where everybody in the stadium <laughs> has to stop and stretch to stay awake i don't even they play a game every day like, come on, they play 162 games are there. <laughs> come on, bro, Jeez. 162 games, whatever. Come on, let's be real. boring. Not, it's called the clubhouse because they're literally <laughs> chilling. <laughs> let's keep it a buck. <laughs> so next up, for the, uh, the community tweet segment, this wasn't even tweeted in the community, but it was so, so hot. And from a, from a TKW lifer, a TKW originator, from, from the first phase a decade ago, Brian Giverman, buddy, you had a you had a tweet in, in, in the middle of the night that I woke up to. You texted it to me, and then I saw it on the timeline. We've been talking about it today, and uh, the tweet is simply this: If you haven't seen it, okay, it's the "See how stupid Rob Palinka is" challenge. Knicks would obviously buy out Russ, Russell Westbrook. I try to get at least one of LA's first, but don't particularly care. The trade. In full that he posted was Russell Westbrook, Kendrick Nunn, and then uh, we would move in this trade, Evan Fournier, Julius Randle, and RJ Barrett. Now, Sean knows this. I can already see it in his face, okay? Well, my, one of my biggest pet peeves in, in, in sports, and I know Brian isn't this person because Brian would have probably moved RJ if it was for a Donovan Mitchell deal or a star trade like that. So this is not like the side shot at Brian on, but I feel like a lot of times I see these trades and it's like, we go from like, nobody can be moved to things aren't going the way we want. Now we'll just dump everybody to get off of contracts and, and, and start fresh. And this is like a nuke option to me, like what you're doing. Sure, sure. You get off Evan Fournier. Okay, I would be thrilled, right? Just from that. I'm not desperate to move Julius enough on that contract just to be able to buy out Russell Westbrook, especially when we're also moving RJ Barrett, whose extension hasn't even started yet. And we're in, in this trade that he posted, he doesn't even care if we get a first round pick back. What is the point of this trade then? I hated this in the, in the text message you gave it to me. I hated it when I saw it again in the timeline. And I hate it when we're talking about it on this segment right now. Do the shitty, the, the normal salary dump nonsense I see. You know, let me wake up to Julius Randle and Fournier going to LA to get bought out for Russell Westbrook. Let me see just that That's one. That's it, right. Do not include, do not include RJ Barrett. Stop it. Stop it. You you might be a friend of the show. I don't know you, but if you're a friend of the show, you're a friend of mine. Um, listen, 
Brian Giberman, this tweet right here, it sounds more like Brian Gibberish. Uh, gibberish. I mean, it's yeah, yeah, Brian Gibberish. Yeah. What's the point of it? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's yeah, no point. Like Sal said, man, you do it without RJ and Kendrick Nunn in there, and it's just that makes sense. Yes. What are we doing? You give up RJ Barrett. It's the cornerstone of our team right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was the original building block. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Um, I saw this on the timeline and quoted it and said, okay, lol. Um, I'm, I already said what I, I, this is how I'm addressing things like this moving forward. I know that it's not good content for a show. I see you. But I won't be giving this my energy. That's all I got. That's, if if that's, if that's where you are, bro. Okay. I'm not going to argue somebody away from including RJ in this salary dump. If that's your reaction to, yeah, that's, that, that's just like, I mean, that is absolute bullshit, bro. Like, come on. It's the fourth quarter. It's crunch time. You know what that means? Every week, fourth quarter, we like to play a little game here. We like to have fun. Can't just be analysis and rants and us being upset about RJ Barrett's West Coast trip and illness. So we are going to have a little fun today. Uh, the last couple of games have been fun. If you missed them, we did the, uh, the, the Kith jersey MS paint design challenge. We did uh, guess the, the Knicks who averaged over uh, what 16 points per game in their next career with no minimum games, which Sean, of course, won. he has the belt there. I lost very unceremoniously first with guessing uh, J.R. Smith, which J.R. Uh, once again, I'm still we have to revisit this. Yes, I don't want to remember how I lost. Yeah, I, I'm very <laughs> I'm, well, I'm still upset is and I have not gotten over it is the issue. Um, I, I think I think the stats are lying online. I think there's propaganda at play to make sure I lost this game. But today's game. Today's game. We're gonna do a little Knicks face mash, okay? Just like it sounds like we're taking two Knicks players, mashing them into one, and we gotta figure out who these players are. So without much further ado, we're gonna get started here with the first player for a hundred points. Let's go. Okay. Uh oh, okay. Uh, Kyle. Uh, got Kyle, got it. Yeah. Patrick Ewing, Carmelo Anthony. Fuck off, it's right. Damn, that's that is correct. 100 points. Damn. The Carmelo, 100 points that Kyle. Quick. The soul patch gave it away. The soul patch gave it away. Instantly looked at the chin. I knew that was Carmelo. This is can't put it past me. Can't put it past right. me. 100 points. Let me just take that, tuck it away. All right, let's go. Moving on to number two. Strong, huh? Yeah, yeah. Ewing has intense. Strong genes. Intense. You know what it was too? When I recorded the show, I got my little uh, NBA man. Always handy. Patrick Ewing right there. It's good luck. It's good luck. That's why I got the 100 points. So let's see if I can win the rest of this fucking game. All right. But we're on to number two now for $200. Uh, Kyle. Danilo Gallinari is one. And the second one. Oh, boy. The second one. Five. Four. Three, two, one. Travis Ware. No, I think right. Sean. Danilo Gallinari and Andrea Bargnani. Incorrect. <laughs> Danny. All right, I got to go Gallo and Doug McDermott. All incorrect. So you guys all lost 200 points there. Oh, negative two. Danilo, Gallinari, and Landry Fields. 
I couldn't figure out the chin, bro. I never would have guessed Landry Fields with that with the the chin hair. I never. I was thinking it had to be a white man, for sure. <laughs> he was probably light brown, light brown hair. I am. I'm bamboozled. bamboozled. Is that is that, that, is that Fields' beard? Yeah, maybe the shape of the head. It is right. Okay. I'm it like has it, to... the shape of the head is Landry, but. The beard, I just, I did not see that. Didn't see it. Sorry. <laughs> Kyle's got the lead. Kyle's in the lead with minus 100 points. Big lead. Big lead. All right. <laughs> Moving on to number three now for 300 points. <laughs> Kyle. Allen Houston, Marcus Canby. Give me my money back. Incorrect. Mm. Oh, wow. Sean. Marcus Canby and Quentin Richardson. Incorrect. Damn it. Danny. Houston and Curry. No, I got it now. It was, <laughs> it was Houston and Stock. It was Houston and Amari, wasn't it? No, it was Houston and Quentin Richardson. He said someone said that. I thought. Damn it. Damn it. No, I said Canby uh, and Quentin Richardson. Oh. Oh. That's funny. Oh. Kyle's in the lead with negative 400 points. I really <laughs> thought I had this one. I really did. That I don't, the, the head shape was very, I don't know. I, I saw Canby there. I don't know why. So, I thought the head shape was Canby too. I think because old Canby has like a less of a neck now. And I feel like, <laughs> I, I feel like older Canby influenced that. But I definitely right. saw Quentin Richardson. Damn it, that's frustrating. All right, moving on, moving on to number four. As I'm in the lead now with, my, with negative 400 points here. Moving on to number four here for 400 points. Danny. Oh, man. Uh, Courtney Lee and... Uh, five, man. Four, no. three, uh, two, one. You're done. Next, whoever has it. Sean, go first. I don't. I want to get it wrong again. <laughs> uh, All right, fine, fine. Courtney uh, Lee, Dennis Smith Jr. Because I'm not a coward. Incorrect. Uh, no way. Good thing you got that out of the way because that was my guess. Um, oh, Sean, Courtney Lee. Look at the eyes, man. Oh, Courtney Lee and Alonzo Trier. Incorrect. Wow. It was Courtney Lee and Jarrett Jack. Oh, Jarrett Jack. I'm never going to think of Jarrett Jack with hair. Uh, you know what? When you see it, when you say that, you can see it in the yeah, that, that, That's the eyes, honestly. But like, I just never thought about Jarrett Jack with hair ever. So. <laughs> Kyle's in first place with negative 800. <laughs> this is this is the most Knicks way to win a game is negatives. Moving on to number five for 500 points for all the marbles here as I hold on to a very thin lead. Sean. Raymond Felton. Oh, and my Marcus gosh. Morris. No. Incorrect. Danny. Kyle O'Quinn and Raymond Felton. Incorrect. Well, Man, whose beard is that? 
Oh. I got it. I'm going to clean up here. And the well, well, boys, we're going to walk off with this one. Uh, so first of all, I could choose not to answer, and I have won this game. But I'm going to choose to answer. Damn. And it's going to be Raymond Felton and Kurt Thomas. That is correct. Congratulations. Uh, I'd like to thank I'd like to thank Ryan for this very very difficult game. Um, I did not feel good about my my win here. Uh, I finished with minus three hundred. Uh, but you know what they say: uh, a win is a win is a win. You know, talk to the team. We feel good about it. Uh, sometimes you got to win ugly. You know, can't all be good. Can't all be good. You know, you want to come out here and you want to have a thousand points, right? You want to have a thousand points at the end of the show. You want to have a lot. Want to be in the positive, right? But that's not life. That's not life. Sometimes you got to knuckle up and you got to win ugly. Sometimes you got to get dirty and find a way to scrap out the victory. And that's what I did here today, ladies and gentlemen. You all got to witness it. I hope you all took notes. And I hope that I can carry this on to the next one and, and win a little bit more pretty the next Congrats time. But to I'm going to gonna enjoy this. Just, I'm going to enjoy this. Cut.